you see somebody, make sure they feel welcome. All right, does anybody feel Jesus in the house today? Wow. And uh, today I want to be in Acts chapter 16. And it says, and when they inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. And about midnight, everybody say about midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bonds were unfastened. And today I want to talk about worship in the dark. Worship in the dark. It was about midnight when Paul and Silas started worshiping. How many knows that there are times in life where you have to worship in the dark? You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how it's going to work out. But all you have is a shout of praise to God. Come on, can we give God praise today? Is anybody excited about Jesus today? And and I want to just talk about what worship is for a little bit today. And worship is an attitude of the heart that has found the freedom of expression. It's an attitude of the heart that has found freedom of expression. You see, worship has to be expressed, but it starts right here. Worship starts inside of us. And you cannot just worship God in your heart. Has anybody ever heard that before? Well, I worship, but I I worship in my heart. I don't do that outward stuff like you do. Well, worship has to be expressed. It's an attitude that has to be expressed. Here in a few hours, tens of thousands of people in Las Vegas are going to express an attitude towards their team. And if they filled that place and no one shouted, no one clapped, they would say this was the worst Super Bowl ever. And we know that's not gonna happen, why? Because people are arriving there tonight with an attitude. I'm gonna pump my fist, I'm gonna raise my voice, I'm gonna clap my hands. Why, because they're arriving there with an attitude and we have to have that same mentality when it comes to worshiping our God. I have an attitude of thanksgiving. I have an attitude that's grateful. I have an attitude that wants to see Jesus lifted up. Come on, does anyone want to express what's inside today? You can't just worship in your heart, it has to be expressed outwardly. And I want to give you three expressions. Number one, there is a verbal expression. Now, how many know that we are a worshiping church? Oh, I'm going to say it again. We are a worshiping church. There's a few things that are non-negotiable that if they change, we might as well just shut the doors. One of them is standing on 
the infallible, unchanging, sure foundation of the Word of God. Of, and standing on the foundation of the truth of the apostles. Can I get an amen? There's uh, things that we, we don't change about the way we live our life. And there, there's certain lines you cross that there, if there's no distinction between the world and the church, why are we having a church? And one of the non-negotiables is, non-negotiables is we are a worshiping church. We are an expressive church. We are unashamed to be worshipers. And I, I just want to encourage us. We cannot lose that. We cannot lose that in the next generation, and I'm talking to this generation over there, you are going to have to learn to worship for yourselves. You can't rely on the, a few shouters at church to carry you through. You're going to have to find a place where you worship in the dark for yourselves, where you get a hold of God for yourselves. And I don't know about you, but I'm not going to let the enemy take my worship from me. I'm not going to let him take my shout from me. Why? Because it's brought me too far, and he's worthy. I wonder, does anybody here today know that he's worthy? Now's not the time to shut up. And the the first expression is is a verbal expression. We praise God, as the Old Testament says, with the fruit of our lips. We shout unto God with a voice of triumph. We sing praises unto him. Bless his name. You have to verbally express your love for somebody. You have to say it. It's not enough to just believe it or for it to be an internal attitude. And that's why we shout. That's why we sing out praises to God. And I I love today hearing the congregation sing. Why? Because that is so powerful. When we collectively sing out our praises to God, you have to verbally express your appreciation to God. The next expression is a physical expression. We lift our hands. And maybe you're new and you're not used to all that. I want to just, I dare you, try it. Start, start right here if you have to. And every week, it's like raising a TV just gets a little bit higher. Before you know it, you're lifting them up. Why? There's power in that. There's power in physical expressions of your love for God. We lift up our hands. Sometimes we uh, dance. Sometimes you'll see people do a prayer walk. All of those things are biblical. And that's why we do it. I don't want to be clear. Uh, We do these things not so we can stay Pentecostal. We do these things so we can stay biblical. These are biblical. These, there's not Baptist worship. There's not Pentecostal worship. There's not Catholic worship. There's just worship. If it's biblical, we do it. Why? Because Jesus loves for us to physically show our expression of worship to him. There's, worship is fine. You're saying, I don't know about that one. But it's financial. We give God back to him, and that's part of our worship. And, and I, I just want to, to encourage us today to get back to my title. We've got to worship God in the dark. Paul and Silas, they're in a dark, dry prison. And it, 
conditioning and all of that. It was a miserable, dark place. And it says about midnight, about the darkest time of night. I don't know if it was Paul who suggested it first or Silas, but somebody said, why don't we start praising God? And what I love about this story, it says that the other prisoners heard it. They just didn't whisper a song. They didn't, uh, you know, just keep it kind of mellow. No, they bellowed it out so that the whole prison could hear. And that's why we need to not be ashamed about worshiping our God. Why? Because there's a world that needs to see. There's a world that needs to hear that there is a God. Come on, how many of there is a God who's alive, living, reigning over my situation? And worship can be easy when life is good. Here in, a, here in a few weeks when those tax refund checks start coming in, you're going to see a few more praisers, a few more dancers. And, and you know what's funny? That, that as a pastor, I know the rhythms of a church. I know the rhythms of seeing. I, I, I know in January, it's going to be hard in some worship sets. Why? Because it's, it's been dark. It's been cold. People are tired. You've been eating. And sometimes it's, it's difficult in those months, but I, I want to encourage you, worship God in the dark. Worship God when you don't feel like it. Worship God when it doesn't look like anything is happening. Why? There is power. Psalm 34, one says, I will bless the Lord when? At when? All time. In, in January? Yeah. In June? Yes. In the good times? Yes. In the bad times? Yes. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. There you see it again. It has to verbally be expressed. Worship is a verbal act. Job chapter 1 verse 20, the worst day of his life. When everything was taken from him, the darkest time of his life, it says, then Job arose, he tore his robe and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground, and he what? He worshiped. Job worshiped in the dark. When you get that phone call, that's not the time to stop worshiping. That's the time to step it up. When you get that bad news, when, when you're going through that storm, that's not the time to shut up, that's the time to show out. That's the time to step up your worship. That's how the battle is won. And then it says in verse 21, Job says this, the Lord gave, the Lord take, took away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And that's, that's an attitude of worshiping in the dark. The Lord gave me those blessings, he could take them away. And that does not affect my worship. My worship is not uh, dictated by my report card to how God did this week. Oh, come on, somebody. I don't give him A-level worship and C-level worship, depending on how I think his performance was. 
He is worthy of it all in the good. He's worthy of it all in the bad. Why? Because if something was taken away from me, he's the one that gave it to me in the first place. So I will come with a sacrifice of praise. Why? Because anything I have was given to me from him anyway. And so I will give the breath. If the only thing I have left is my breath, I'm going to give it to God. I'm going to give it back to Jesus. Habakkuk was a farmer. Some of us can maybe relate to Habakkuk, and he was going through a dry season in his life. Anybody gone through dry seasons? And he says this, he says, though the fig tree does not bud, and there are not grapes on the vine, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, let me translate for you. There's not milk in the fridge. There's not bread in the cupboards. And we can't even afford a good bag of Dots pretzels. Come on, somebody. And we are going dry despite all that. And there's no cattle in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. And I just want to encourage you somebody, somebody today that you've got to have joy in God. And your joy cannot be predicated on your circumstances. It can't be predicated on what happened this week. You have to have your mind made up. I will rejoice in Jesus. I will rejoice in who Jesus is. Why? He is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He is my healer. He is my peace. He is my, does anybody feel like bragging on Jesus today? Though I may not have everything I want to have right now, everything may not be as I want it to be, I will rejoice in Jesus. Somebody needs to rejoice in Jesus. He's always taken care of me. I'm going to have an attitude of joy. The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. Paul and Silas, I really believe this because I've heard this preached sometimes and I don't agree with it for what it's worth. I don't believe that this was some scheme to get out of prison. I don't think Paul said, you know what, I think if we just start singing, there'll be an earthquake Everybody's chains will be unloosed, and we'll walk out of here scot-free. Now, I, I think they were just doing what they always did. They had a lifestyle of worshiping in the dark. This was nothing new to them. They knew what to do. They knew what to do when they got into trouble, and that is this. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it. And they're saved. I want to challenge you. Establish a family culture of worshiping in the dark. When times are bad, get the... More than we ever have. When worship goes out, blessing comes back. Or as we used to sing, when the praises go up. Can somebody help me finish it? The glory comes down. 
You, I, I know you were here before the year 2000 if you finished that for me. When the praises go up, glory comes down. Why? Because promise you. We worship in the dark. We are a church that worships in the dark. We are a family that worships in the dark. You can take my clothes, you can take my car, take my house, but you can't take my worship. Tie me up, lock me in a prison cell, Gag my mouth and I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever noises I can get out. Why? Because worship's an attitude of the heart. And I want to give us some ways that we worship in the dark. Worship leaves no room. Or I'm sorry, worship turns our attention towards God. Worship turns our attention towards God. You, you know, your focus goes what, to what you talk about. If you want to talk about the problem and magnify the problem, that problem's going to get bigger. Have you ever been in a room full of people that were negative and your spirit? And before you knew it, problems you weren't even thinking about became magnified, and that's all you saw were the same as true with our worship. Psalm 34 3 says, Oh, magnify the Lord. With me. What, what does that mean, that word magnify mean? That means to exalt and enlarge. Let's make God bigger together. Everybody say together. You can either find people who will help you magnify your problem and talk about how bad it is, or you can find some praise and worshipers who say, no, 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 we're, we're gonna magnify the Lord together. We're gonna talk about all the times he's healed. We're gonna talk about all the miracles he has given us. We're gonna talk about his faithfulness. We're gonna talk about, come on somebody, magnify. Let's magnify the Lord together. Poke somebody and say, help me make Jesus bigger. Let's magnify, if you came in here today with a problem, you need to make Jesus bigger. How do you make Jesus bigger in your mind? You begin to praise and worship him. By the way, wasn't that world-class praise and worship that we had this morning? Those, everything from the songs to, to everything about it, it, it brought me closer to Jesus. Every conversation with God should start with worship. Pastor, I don't know how to pray. Here, here's how you start. Just start worshiping. Lord, I thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are the great I am. You, you know what will always get his attention? Jesus, there's no one like you. There's no one before you. There'll be no one after you. You are the one true God. You sit in heaven. Lord, the earth, the heaven is your throne and the earth is your footstool. And God, if you're that big, there's nothing I'm facing day that surprises you. You've seen it come. You already have the answer. Come on. That, that's how you pray. You start worshiping him. You start magnifying him. Verbal. Verbally express confidence towards God. Verbally express confidence towards God. I, I was blessed. 
I've been very blessed in my life to be raised by men who weren't afraid to verbally express their confidence in God. I think of my papa, and he wasn't a great singer, but that didn't stop him. And I always love it when he came up here, when I went to church with them, he sang unashamedly, he bellowed out songs of praise, and he didn't care who heard. And what I loved about it was this, there was conviction in his voice about what he sang. I, I love Bishop. We, we'd be in the car growing up, and all of a sudden, a song would just come out. And he would go on for five or ten minutes. And I, I've learned that, and I'm, I'm trying to incorporate that in, in my life. You, you've got to worship in the dark. You've got to worship when, when you're in the car, and that problem comes to your mind, and you don't know what you're going to do. Just start singing. Just start magnifying the Lord. Another thing worship does is it leaves no room for complaining or negativity. You need to drown out that negativity with worship. Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in, everybody say, every situation. With prayer and petition, and with what? Thanksgiving. You know what Thanksgiving is? It's worship. Not with complaining. Is anybody else like me? Sometimes your prayer time can just turn into a big complaint. Y'all remember testimony service we used to have in the day? Those could be fun, couldn't they? And, and they, could, they could turn into a complaint session, right? Oh, saints, you, you wouldn't believe how the devil attacked me today. My car broke down. And then I you know, ate lunch and got sick, and it would just go on and on. And, and uh, it always amused me. Sometimes testimony service would be a testimony of how powerful the devil was. And you got to turn that around. And you got to say, my car broke down, but God was with me. I'm not feeling the best, but he's my healer. You, you've got to give him praise. You, you, we, we, here, here's what we do. We, we praise him for who he is. I worship you, God, for who you are. Call out on the names of God. Get one of those prayer guides. We've, we've got the names of God in that prayer guide. Tell him who he is. Build him up. Magnify him. Praise him. According to Psalm 150, verse 2 says, Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Tell him how great he is. Praise him for his mighty deeds. And then the next thing you need to do, you need to worship God. Here's what you do. Praise him for what he's done in the past. Lord, I thank you for saving me. Lord, I thank you, God, that you delivered me out of darkness. I brought me in to this marvelous light. Psalm 152, I just said it said, praise him for his mighty deeds. Remind him. Remind yourself, Lord. If you never do another thing for me, salvation is enough. Lord, if you never work another miracle for me, God, you don't owe me anything else. Praise him for what he's done in the past. And then here's what you do. You praise him when you worship in the dark. You praise him for what he's about to do. Lord, I believe, God, you have something great. 
I believe, God, you have something great for my family. God, I believe you're not done with us yet. Lord, I, I believe, God, even if this problem takes my life, I believe that you have something prepared for me in the next life that's so much greater than this one. God, I, I believe in you, and I affirm, God, what you're about to do in the future. And somebody right now, you need to stand on your feet, and you need to praise God for what he's about to do. You need to praise him in advance. You need to worship him in advance. You need to put a down payment on what God's about to do. Does anybody have faith here today? Does anybody believe he's done too much to leave us now? Lord, we thank you, God, for financial miracles. We thank you, God, for health situations. Lord, you will heal again. Lord, you will provide again. You will deliver again and again and again. Come on, let's keep it going. Let's thank him, Lord. Magnify him, magnify him, praise him for what he is going to do. How many knows there's more where that came from? He hasn't ran out of miracles. He hasn't ran out of salvation. He's got plenty more to give. And if he's giving it out, I want some. I want some of what he has to offer. Is anybody here today open? I'm not gonna let negativity and I'm not gonna let discouragement keep me from what God has for me. If there's a blessing, I want it. If there is a miracle, I want it. And the way you get that is you worship in the dark. Lastly, worship prepares the way for God to work in the darkness. And that's what I wanna tell you, that God wants to work in the darkness but Paul and Silas, they, they had to open their mouth first. They had to begin with the verbal expressions and the physical expressions first. And it says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. That's why you've got to be unashamed about your worship. You know why? Because there's people around you who need set free, and they don't even know it. And if they look at you a little strange, you just say, just wait. Just tolerate me for a minute, and let's see what happens. Because I believe wherever two or three are gathered, Jesus said, there I am. In the midst of them. And it says, suddenly, everybody say Suddenly. There was a great earthquake. I talked about Wednesday night. Sometimes God takes a long time to do something suddenly. But you gotta worship in the dark until it happens. And you just gotta keep praising him. And the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. And here's what I wanna tell us today. You've gotta worship in the dark because there's some victories that you will only see if you keep Dark. Paul and Silas would have never seen the revival that happened in that prison. And we, we know that the, the uh, jailer, the head guy over that prison, came to Jesus and was baptized that night because two guys said, we're going to worship in the dark. 
And that's why we can't let go of our praise. We can't let go of our worship. Why? Because there's people that come through these doors in chains. And God wants to set them free. And it comes through the power of our declaration of who Jesus is. Come on, does somebody believe that today? I can't take a Sunday off. Uh, can, can I preach to you? I can't take a Sunday off because I'm in a bad mood. I've gotta come into the house of God with uh, worship in my spirit. I've gotta come with faith. I've gotta come ready to lift up the name of Jesus. Why? Because there's people in this place today who need to know that there is a risen Savior who can heal, deliver, and set free. I'm gonna need some music. Y'all get up here. I'm ready. Anybody ready to stop talking about it and just do it? Jesus said in Luke chapter, why don't we stand to our feet? Luke chapter 19. And suddenly, as he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples begin to rejoice and praise God. Somebody say that's what church is. With what a loud voice. Now for anybody that says church should be quiet, just read that. With a loud voice for all the mighty works. They attend. Is anybody